Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. I am so excited tonight as we have the vocalist, drummer, and programmer, Greg Jacks from the indie rock band, The Dukes, joining us momentarily. So before I bring him on, I'm going to do a nice introduction for his band and just introduce um, everyone to my show in the event that you are new and tuning in tonight. Um, I created this show approximately, gosh, I can't believe it's almost six years ago, because I really wanted to create a forum to bring people on in the entertainment industry to support them and help promote them. That's all this show is about, is really supporting and promoting artists and entertainers. Some of the uh, national bands that I've had the honor of interviewing on my show are Tremonti, Trivium, Sick Puppies, Lacey Sturm, formerly of Flyleaf, Shaman's Harvest, and many others. So it's a real honor tonight to have the Dukes coming on. And uh, they're a great band, and they're definitely bringing something unique and original to the music industry. A little bit about my background. I have a doctorate in clinical psychology, um, and I really just thoroughly enjoy doing a unique, different interview. I do a lot of research with my interviews and take people on a really interesting journey. So every interview that I do is going to be original. There's uh, no cookie-cutter approaches here. Um, Although I mentioned I have a background in psychology, my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. We do not do any therapy or anything like that, but sometimes we will go over some um, psychological concepts in more of an educational format if it uh, suits what we're talking about. So if you're tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. If you want to call in tonight, the number is 805-243-1320. So let's uh, do a nice introduction for Greg and the Dukes, and then we're going to bring him on. So the band is really interesting. They're originating from Paris, France, and um, I know one of the members still lives there. Uh, Greg is currently in the U.S. They formed back in 2010, but prior to them coming together, they both had been originally in a very successful band called um, No One Is Innocent, and then Greg had left that band and went to the platinum pop band titled Superbus. So they definitely have had some major success, both of these, these members of the Dukes. They released two albums in the Dukes. Um, One was Resilient Lovers, which was uh, more of an EP, and then that was followed up by Victory in 2011. But tonight we're going to be promoting their new album, which is titled Smoke Against the Beat. It is the first U.S. release that these guys have put out, and it's having some major success. Their hit single, Black Hole Love, already has hit number 36 on the Billboard Rock Charts. And the band, again, is really going to talk about tonight bringing this unique and original element. They really incorporate a dynamic stage show with machines, scenography, and uh, some interesting projected animated video clips that uh, I had a chance to look out, designed by Shanka, where he basically uses a Sharpie pen and some white paper to design these images that they create. So the band recently finished up a run on the Warp Tour, and um, I want to give a special thanks, as always, to Ed Bunker from No Problem Marketing for um, setting up this interview. I've done a lot of work with him, and it is always a pleasure to promote his artists. So let's bring Greg on. Hey, Greg, how are you? Hi, Carrie. Oh, well, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for this introduction. I, I'm I'm uh, truly speechless right now. So oh, okay. I need a moment to to put my thoughts together. I'm I'm really blushing. You can't see me, but 
Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's it's very nice of you to say all those things. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, it's not just nice. It's um, you guys are well deserving of it, and uh, you've had some major success, and you guys are very talented. So it's a pleasure to have you on here thank tonight you. to support the new album. So where, oh, where are you right you now? I hear, some, I hear some wind in the background. <laughs> oh well, this is Arizona. So to be honest with you, on top of the AC, I have my fan running, but I can turn it off. The fan is off, okay. so you shouldn't you shouldn't be hearing <laughs> any more wind. That's okay. No I just don't I don't want you to be drawn out. I want to be able to to hone in on you and and talk about everything good that you're going to talk about. So um, absolutely, no problem. Nice. So yeah, so let's start out like this. I always like to just do some history, and then we're going to, of course, get into how the Dukes formed and and where you guys are at today. So tell me a little sure. bit, Greg. Um, growing up in you, you grew up in Paris, France, too. I I did absolutely. I, I did yes. Okay, so tell me a little bit. Just how would you describe yourself? You know, reflecting back when you were a really little kid. You know, how would you describe your personality? What were some of your interests? Just bring some interesting stuff in before we get into the music, because we know you're a talented musician. But I want to hear some some cool <laughs> stuff about you as a person too. Thank you. Well, I grew up in a very kind of cool family. My dad uh, used to work uh, before a changing career. So he was a musician, a percussionist, but he worked after that when I was a very young kid. He started working for one of the biggest art gallery in the world, which is a gallery called Galerie Mag, which had uh, obviously a gallery in Paris, a gallery in Zurich, in Switzerland, and a gallery in New York. And wow. as a kid... I was able to uh, travel with my dad quite often because some of the artists, uh, some of the biggest artists of the 20th century, and I'm talking about Miro, I'm talking about Chagall before, you know, before those amazing monsters passed, you know, I got to go to their house and I got to hang. I can't remember everything, but I, I got to hang with some of those Masters, you know, maestros. I don't know how you can wow. qualify them. Geniuses, you right. know. So right. That was pretty amazing, you know. I, I was born surrounded by art, and and my grandmother, her on my so that was my dad. But on my mother's side, my grandmother had a gallery at some point in life. She did many many things. My grandparents did many many things, and she had an art gallery at some point. So, you know, I also had interest in rugs and ancient rugs and, and vases, you know, the, the, the Ming uh, sure. dynasties. And, you, you know, I was very fortunate as a kid to be able to uh, be exposed to all those things. And my grandmother, she almost raised uh, a girl who goes by the name of Lelia Pissero, who's from Pissero family. She's the grand-granddaughter of Camille Pissero. And we were surrounded by that home, you know, we had all those pieces and beautiful paintings. So this is a background that I have. So as a kid, I grew, I, I was actually a um, uh, I was going to say lonely. No, I was a uh, gosh, I forgot the word in English. I was uh, an only I was the only child. You know, my, my parents oh, didn't okay, have any okay. any other. Okay. So I had a lot of attention, and and I. <laughs> Well, because we're talking about background, I have to tell you that I right. come from a Jewish family, so I was oh, the first grandchild. 
you know, I, I had it, you know, I was golden when I was a kid, you know, that was fantastic. My my years, as I remember them as uh, being a very happy kid, you know, and okay. and uh, fortunately uh, doing a lot of sports as well, going to a regular school, then going to uh, what we call Talmud Torah, you know, because I, I study Hebrew for my Bar Mitzvah and this lasted like four or five years, you know, I started at nine sure. and Bar Mitzvah was at 13, so uh, about four years. So think about it. Between nine and thirteen, I was going to school seven days a week, playing soccer, playing tennis at very high level, playing the drums, wow. and and running to museum and art galleries with my parents. So that's pretty cool. That's, that, that's awesome. That's now, in addition. Yeah. Wow. In addition to your now, your, were your parents? I mean, your your father and then the grandmother were they just like curators of art in terms they ran these galleries and sold the art, or were they also artists themselves? Uh, no, they were not artists themselves. I mean, besides the fact that my dad was a very good percussionist, you know, they were not okay. artists themselves. Right. They were working. My grandmother had her own galleries in the in the I think right. in the late sixties. And my dad okay. started working for Gallery Mag in 75, so yeah. Okay, interesting. So in terms of soccer, tennis, like you were saying, which is very interesting, was this a, <laughs> were these the sports that you just naturally excelled at, or was it something that, you know, you had to work really hard at in terms of, you know, either taking lessons or practicing a lot? <laughs> I'm a lazy guy, which means no, that you're not I, I worked a lot, <laughs> but, you work but hard. you know, I... I I guess uh, I'm lazy and, and I like to go for what's easy. So I picked up whatever was natural to me, okay. you know, okay. and it mm-hmm. was soccer because huge fans of soccer in the family, you know, the family was you know, in love with soccer. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my uncle on my mother's side was a great coach for a team and he formed a lot of professional players. I mean, young kids that became professional players and tennis was, was the other sport. I was actually pretty good at I picked up a tennis racket and I played. So, you know, wow. it by school and college and, and that was pretty cool. Very interesting. Very interesting. So in addition to, let's just pull in a little bit of the art because I think it's going to be interesting sure. later on to make a connection because I know that, you know, Shanka, and I definitely want to talk a little bit about him later on too when you guys oh, meet yeah, each other. Please. Right. So were you someone who drew as a kid? Were you know Were you doing anything like doodling or painting or anything like that, or no? I was terrible at this. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> a total disaster. Terrible. No. Art is also... <laughs> really? No, no, yeah, no. You I can't. Still don't Art know is subjective. How to draw. It's subjective. God. Well, it was colorful. I guess it was colorful because I was probably a... Uh, I have to watch what I'm going to say because of your background, but I assume, you know, no. colors are light. <laughs> so if there's colors in a kid drawing, it's, it's generally a good sign. But good uh, sign. No, I was terrible. And, and still, I'm, and, I'm, and, and I still am terrible at, at drawing or painting or anything like that. Thank God Shankar is a real genius <laughs> when it comes to this. So she's saving my, my life by doing that. But yeah, yeah, no, me, I'm a disaster. Okay. Well, like you said, art is, again, it's all relative, too, because you're an artist when it comes to being vocals, drummer, programmer. So, like you said, it's it's all relative to what you want to kind of, um, you know, transition or kind of feed it into, so to speak. Um, so, going through school, would you say that you were a good student? Were you a kid who liked going to school? Were you someone who was social and outgoing? 
Well, when it comes to school, no, I was I was pretty cool. I did at school. School was good for me. I, I had good results. I'm, I'm gonna admit, my mother was constantly on my back, you know, with school. So mm-hmm. I had to be good, and I had to bring results, and it had to be immaculate on that standpoint. And I can't thank her, thank her, her enough. And now being a father, I know what it is. She was trying to help. You know, she wasn't trying to be. She was an awesome mother. You know, she came to all my games, uh, d- d- drove me to practices, and right. you know, she was amazing. But she was very strict and very tough when it when it came to school. So I had to be good no matter what. So I I worked right. school. You know, I I was lucky enough because it wasn't too hard. But my mother was was here and making sure the job uh, got done and well. Okay. So let's tie in because I want to, I know you said you went to college. We'll, we'll bring that in in a little bit. So when, how old were you, would you say, when you started to get interested in music and, you know, Poland, was there something that inspired you? Like, were you listening to someone play, watching a TV show, you know, were your parents playing stuff around the house? Yeah, tell us a little bit about how you started to get interested in music. So at that time I was born, my dad was a uh, percussionist, professional. Right. So there were so right before he started working for the art gallery. All right. So now we're talking late. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, started '79. So we're talking, and he, and he started working at the gallery and percussionist at the beginning. So we're talking late. Uh, music to me became music and my life. Like I think I was probably five years old, so in the early 80s. Oh, wow. Because there were always okay. people, musicians, mm-hmm. mu- musicians, instruments, you know. So my dad, um, I don't know if you heard of, uh, they call it a music hall. It's one of the most famous venues in Paris. It's called the Olympia. And okay. Hendrix played there, the Stones played there, the Beatles played wow. there. It's been there since the 60s. It's, uh, I mean, way before the 60s, sorry, it's a legendary legendary place, you know, like, and still today, right. you know, when the Stones want to play an in-state show in Paris, they play at the Olympia, you know, Madonna right. did the same, I mean, <laughs> it's really legendary. My dad right. was a very friend with uh, one of the guys that was running that, I'm not going to call it that joint, I'm going to call it this musical, so I would go during uh, afternoon sound checks, you know, and hang on stages and talk to people. And I was at ease, you know, because I was always surrounded by adults, so I knew right. how to handle a conversation, you know, and the guys, for some reason, they liked me. So I got to play during sound checks with some artists, French artists, and, wow. and that was pretty cool. So, yeah, so I was totally... Totally in the, um, in, uh, um, I was almost born, you know, and they were playing music at home. And so my dad, he, since he was playing the percussions, you know, it was uh, James Brown, it was uh, um, Afro-Cuban music, Latino music, you know, that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. And of course, uh, the classical, you know, the Beatles, and my mom loved the Beatles, and, and, uh, and Santana, and you know, that's, I, I grew nice. up with that. So music sure. has always been a part of my life. Okay. So when did you, when did you decide percussion was going to be kind of your main instrument? Were there any other instruments that you dabbled with a little bit? Or was that just the only one you decided to pursue? At five, I built my own drum kit, my first drum kit. So oh I had decided it was going to be the drums. And, okay. And, uh, 
And that was that was not even like I'm gonna play anything else. You know what I mean? I didn't even think about any other instrument. Okay. I started playing the drums, and I never stopped. And later on, I picked up the guitar, just you know, just basic, you know, just to know <laughs> how to play and sing a little song. But the drums right away. I was fascinated nice. by it. Fascinated. Well, like you said, I think it also has a relationship to your dad. You know what I mean? Your dad was a percussionist, <laughs> and I'm sure that had some, you know, influence or inspiration on you. Um, I, did your I dad, think so too. Did your dad yeah, also, absolutely. Yeah. Did your dad also sing? Where did you get the? When did you start singing? Was that something also that you were doing when you started playing percussion, or was that something that came along a little later? Ah. Uh, I started singing by necessity when we ended up being just the two of us in the Dukes because I was oh. way too scared before to even do backing vocals, but wow. apparently I can do it and I can I can put it up really well. So I I decided to uh, keep going, you know, to carry on with with my singing. But no, I, I, I just, you know, and and you mentioned that earlier, so it's not, I'm not going to try to be a pretentious or uh, no, uh, no, my chest, you know, but I have, I played in their big machine, you know, I had, you know, you sold a couple million records, won the Grammy and, and the French Grammy and TV awards and all this stuff. But I was always scared to sing or even do backing vocals, you know, and, and, uh, and I well, don't well, know really, why, because at the end of the quick, day, I could have. Let me, let me do something ahead. that popped in my head. I might be totally off. Sure. Did you ever try, sure, did sure, you ever try to sing? in the past at some point and someone said something maybe negative or wasn't very encouraging. (laughs) You know what, Carrie, you remind me right now, I have a flashback and this is pretty awesome that it comes to me. I was, no, that's good, that's good. I was with my parents in the car Uh, and we drove by a venue called Bercy, Palais Omnisport de Paris-Bercy, which is the biggest indoor venue in Paris to play a show. And I was, I remember, I was singing, a, you know, along a song on the radio. Mm-hmm. And as we passed, you know, that place, I stopped and I said, one day I'll be playing there. One day, and it's getting really emotional. I said, one day I'll pack up that, that venue, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my dad said something funny at the time. He said, yeah, that. Hopefully with your drumming, not with your singing, because that was absolutely out of tone, you know, out of oh, no. what I was just singing in the car. So we, we laughed with that. You know, we were really laughing. I don't think it meant that. But that's right. the only thing and the only uh, <laughs> really memory I have of someone telling me, please don't sing. You know, that's, that's not the right thing for you. You're not needed for it. You know? Right. So but, it, doesn't sound like, it doesn't sound like he was being overly negative or... You know, but I, no. but who knows? That might have just hit you in a way where you just kind of internalized <laughs> it and just it kind of sat somewhere and you repressed it and weren't really aware that years later maybe that did have some influence on that. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. But that's thanks for something about that. You brought a good a good a good memory. Thank you so much. Oh well, I hope it was a good memory. I didn't want to I didn't want to traumatize it you. It was anyway. a good memory. <laughs> it, it brought you know Aww. was very emotional, but in a good way because it was right. a long time ago. Good. Well, I'm glad that you were able to get out of your comfort zone, and with Chandra, <laughs> you felt comfortable enough to start doing the backups and singing with him, and, you know, look what it's become. So I always believe that, you know, just 
trying things and not holding yourself back is just so important. Because what's, what's the worst that can happen? You fail. Okay, so you try something different, right? Absolutely. And failing is part of uh, succeeding, I believe. You know, you have to fail, fail, Absolutely. fail. You know, the jokes right now, you guys talk about how great it is and stuff, but so far for us, except the personal satisfaction, right. it's been nothing but when I say failure, it's, it's not in a bad way, but kind of, you know, because look at us right now. We're doing everything on our own. We have to prove to this industry that right. it's good enough. You know what I mean? So failing, yeah, not, not a big deal. I mean that I have this, I'm a go-getter. When it comes to that, mm-hmm. Gary, I'm a go-getter. I have hood spot Absolutely. and I don't care asking. I'm just polite, kind, but I don't, I'm not scared to ask someone, what do I read? A no? Well, I can live right. with a no, you know what I mean, or no answer. So, sure. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll definitely get into more of that because I think it is an interesting story sure. from a lot of the reading and research I did on you guys. Okay, so let's fast forward a little bit so then we'll eventually get into the Duke. So sure. you went to college, and um, what did you study in college? I wanted to become a, a lawyer if I wasn't ending up a, a musician. Oh, really? But, you know, it lasted uh, just a few months. I dropped. I was like, okay, it's not for me. Uh, my my okay. parents got already separated, so I went to see my mom and I said, look, give me seven years. Uh, it's the time of a PhD. I'll bring you back um, a successful career, you know. And mm-hmm. um, and she said, okay. You know, she comes from, you know, like people have all gone, you know, pharmacists and president of banks mm-hmm. and, and doctors. So she comes from a family that has gone to school, you know, and I was the first one. Uh, that was not going that route, and my dad wasn't here anymore, so I was really, it was a Aww. shock for the family, some of my uncles, you know, that, that was a total drama. But I told my mother, I said, look, trust me, trust me, I'll make it, and if nice. I don't, I will complain if I make minimum wage, because I'm a loser, you know, that's my problem. Oh, no, no, Those no. are my terms. And, um, and yeah, she was like, okay, and seven years later, to date, Double platinum, French Grammy, and MTV Award, and I was like, here. That's amazing. Thanks but for so let's pull in that a little bit real quick. So let's yeah, let's tie that in now. Sure. So you joined. When did you join? Well, I guess it was. You were originally in No One Is Innocent, right? You were originally in that was Shanka. When was that around? Yeah. What year? Two thousand four. Okay, and then how long were you with that band before you transitioned into Superbus? I was, uh, I, 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 2005, uh, November 2005 was my last oh, gig okay. with No One Is Innocent, and I joined Superbus in January 2006. It was literally like a transfer in a, uh, from a, you know, like, let's say football, and I was a player that was transferred from No One Is Innocent to Superbus. They came with offer. I couldn't refuse at that time. You know, I was, uh, I just had my daughter, Tallulah. Oh, and, congrats. Uh, and, and Superbus came to me and were like, um, we want you to join the band. And they started picking off, but they were not, you know, up on top, it was still a, a gamble. But no one is innocent at the time was different than what it is today. And it was, uh, we came back, we reformed uh, No One Is Innocent because that band was extremely popular in hmm. mid-90s, late-90s in France. And so okay. they were, were not the original members. The only original members of, uh, the only original member of No One Is Innocent is the singer. And same okay. thing for today. So we joined the band 
as a it was a real fake band you know because that was real everything was real but at the time you know it was just mm-hmm. the singer that was no one is innocent and the rest was a band on the road but not by contract things have changed uh, no, right. you know. Right. So in 2000, late 2005, when Superbus came to me and like, Greg, we want you to come join the band to sign with Universal. We split everything, wow. all the rights, all the, you know, I had just my daughter and I was like, yeah, wait, yeah, I want that. And at the time, no one is innocent. It wasn't uh, the, 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 it, it wasn't the case. It wasn't going to be the case. Nobody was ready for right. it. You know, so I was like, okay, right. I have, I need, I need at some point to, uh, secure myself and, and grow, you know, because I had done a lot uh, up until 2004. I was a hired gun. You know, I, I did many world tours with different artists, but I was wow. never a member of any band. So sure. when sure. this offer came in, I was like, yeah, for sure, I'll take it. And then we went on and sold a couple million records. And you're like, ah, that was a good call. You know, that was, that was a very good call. That good. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Even, and even if you... it came. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Uh, Good. No, no, I was just going to, to say, but we can talk about that later, that, you know, it, it came at a price. Success is uh, a very vicious well, thing. No, that's, so, I don't want you to lose that thought. Yeah, no, no, I don't want you to I'm lose sorry, that thought. What do you mean? No, I don't want you to lose that thought. What do you mean it, it was, came at a price? It was hard, you know, because when you join a band and you, you sell a few hundred thousand, it's a lot already in sure. France. Think about it. France. But it's cool. You know, you're signed with Universal. You have all you need. It's great. But then after, when you pass a certain level and you start breaking the million, that's a different story. Egos. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. Not right. at all, but egos. Right. And, and the singer becoming a singer, like, oh, everything here is because of me, 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 right. and me, you know? Right. And, uh. and, 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 oh, I have something that came to me as well. I'm so sorry. I'm jumping parentheses. No, but, no, you know, no, no, no. Go ahead. At, at the time, it's completely different, but it's something we just talked about. And when I was a kid, I wanted to be the drummer because I wanted to be left alone. You know, I wanted to be in my corner. <laughs> I didn't want all the all the things. Mm-hmm. I swear, that's true. You know, so I, you know, so it's the same. You know, I I don't care. I don't care about the fame. I was just happy. You know what I mean? My name would get me anywhere. I mean, I was a member of Superbus, and I was like. In France, at some point, we were on top of the world. <laughs> I mean, that plain and simple. But then, of course, the ego, the money, all the crap that came with it. Honestly, Carrie, it, it wow. became, then it became and a machine. And then it became, uh, you know, you go on tour, you have 40 people on the road, and you have a lot of mouths to feed. And again, right. those of, uh, and so it became, it became quite difficult, not to say hell at the end, but that's that's why it came at a price. Right, and I think that's an important thing to say because I think, and I think I do this too, I think we all have a tendency, especially people, and I've been involved in music, not at the level that you've been in, but just just my, uh, you know, minimal interactions, not compared to you, I mean, I can pick up on that stuff in a second, and, and that's been the downfall to me, and that's a lot of the times when I back out because I'm just like, I don't, want to deal with these, the egos and the narcissism, you know, I want to enjoy myself. This is my kind of outlet. This is where I want to release my emotions, not, you know, go into a, a situation, like you said, where people are, but you know, it's all about them. And so when you, um, how long were you with Superbus for? Uh, 10 years. I mean, oh, wow. Ten years, but it was that long. The Dukes, but the Dukes, that's why the Dukes came in. 
you know, wow. because I wanted to do something with a friend. And okay. just for us, that was extremely selfish at the beginning. We didn't want to release anything. That was just, we wanted to go back into playing music just for us and not think about the pressure of a label. Right. Uh, nobody, just playing music to play music. That's how to do So did, did uh, you, Greg, yeah, did yeah. you leave? Did you depart from Superbus? No, no. Oh, what, I, I what happened? Sorry about that. Well, I called Schenker in, uh, no, I sent him an email in January 2010. And I said, dude, I miss playing with you. And we had been, you know, corresponding together um, during the five years, you know, 2005, mm-hmm. 2010. Let's say, no, 2006, 2010, four years, because I departed from no one at the very end of December 2005, uh, you know. So right. for okay. four years, you know, we kept in touch, but nothing. And at some point, I had it, you know. So I, I shot him an email and I said, dude, I want to play with you. I just want to play with you. I want to play music with <laughs> you because because I love playing music with you, you know. And the funny thing is, right. like, Greg, that's so funny. I was going through my computer and I had a bunch of songs and I was thinking of you as well. Right. Long story short, three months later, we were in Sweden cutting our first album. Nice, and that was the one, right, that was the Resilient Lover. That was Victory. That was oh, sorry, Victory, Victory. And Resilient is the first EP, but it's actually, oh, the EP. Correct. it was okay. in uh, Victory. All the songs are in Victory. So time frame-wise now, this is around what time that you're now hooking up with Shanka and going to Sweden? 2010, January 2010, and in March uh, 20, 2010, so three months later, we are in Sweden recording the album, uh, in Umea, which is like 250 miles away from the uh, polar circle, so it's up north, okay. you know. It, we're drawn in six feet of snow. Uh, wow. I mean, it, was, it was crazy. We just went for it. You know, we worked. So when we hooked up together in January, right after he shot me his email, we decided to, to meet up very quickly, you know, like, hey, let's meet. Mm-hmm. And we started working mm-hmm. right away. And since we know each other and we love playing with each other, we had the 14 songs, like, in a couple of months, you know. And since we didn't care about label or whatever, we just did it on our own terms. And we were like, okay, let's go record that. That's great. That's cool music for us. I'll be happy to do that. And we went. We nice. didn't think about anything else. And so we That's recorded cool. that first album um, in Sweden in, I'm telling you, late March. My son was born April 7th. And okay. I made sure I was there. So that was, Aww. I would say second half of March and I flew back uh, probably like the last week of March to make sure I was with my wife and my daughter to welcome baby Liam so um, nice so yeah that was that was 2010 just just so I'm getting this all together so in 2010 are you still with Superbus or you're not with Superbus yeah I am I was with you are okay okay, because I know you said 10 uh, years okay yep okay Super so then you departed from them in around 15, 2015. Yeah, in, well, actually, it was more like nine years, played with them. So that was uh, 14, early 14, we parted away. That's a dirty story, of course, you know, of course. So now I'm right. in the middle of a uh, lawsuit with Universal because, you know, I still had a couple albums and things had not done uh, rightfully, you know. They, they should have not done the way they did, so... 
I've been on that case for the last, uh, since 2014, early 2014. So what is it, oh. three years now? Yeah. yeah, that's okay. I mean, that's, that's what I told you. Came with a I place, know. You know. It's <laughs> yeah, like a, no, you're it's right. Like I mean, I think, story. It, I think it really does take, you know, like you were saying in the beginning, I think it takes a certain personality. I think you have to be resilient. You know, I think you have to have some, some perseverance and just, you know, be able to like, yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, like you said, it's not for everyone and the price does come with more fame and fortune and, right. It's tough, scary. It's a tough job. You wow. know, people think of uh, the glitters and the fame. Of no. course, it's great. When it's great, it's great. But to get there, the amount of work, right. Woof, right. that's, uh, right. <laughs> but thanks God, you know, it's, 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 it's also great. It comes with a price because when it's great, and when I say you're you're on top of the world, there's nothing you know. I'm, I'm I've always tried to keep my feet on the ground. Now, if I had this success when I was 20, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I would have probably, you know, maybe right. I would have been dead, you know. But no. um, <laughs> having right. that success after being married, having kids, and a second right. one, you know, you. You take it easy, but I was fantastic, you know. Yeah, that, that pain, when it's bad, it's bad, and when it's great, it's like there's nothing better, really, because right. you get to meet so many cool people, get to see all those. I know. You know yeah, I mean, the people, the art, shows, the fans, the, yeah, I mean, that's probably just very yeah. unbelievable. It is, it Aww. is. But the downside for people that are not from our industry, uh, when you fall, or when things are going south, it's it's hard because you're coming back from super high. Some you know sometimes you know right, my sure. case right now, it's like it's hard you know because and every day you know you try to think about it. You're like, man, what am I doing? What, what is it? Is it worth it? Is it not worth uh-huh. it? What can I do? You know because at some point look at yourself and you're like, hey, I made it. I can look at myself in the mirror. I made it. And when things didn't end up being right, you know, we, you kept your, uh, you know, your face and, and, and principles and, you know, and sure. I'm like, you sure. know, is it, is it really worth it? Well, I think, I think the nice thing about you guys, and we're going to get into this in a minute, cause let's, we're going to get into more of the Dukes is that, you know, it looks like you guys have a lot more going on. Like, it's great that you have the music. It's, it's phenomenal. You got this show, but then on the side, you got almost this like visual artist type of thing going on. And it's almost like a, I don't want to say another career, but does that that smoky guy and what's going on with him? I mean, it's like another whole phenomenon. I mean, seriously, Greg, when I first started reading about you guys, I'm like, I was having such a hard time wrapping my head around this. I'm like, what is he doing with this Sharpie pen and this white paper? And, you know, and I'm very, again, I'm intrigued by everything. I'm very, I'm one of those people that just loves to learn. Everything is interesting to me. So, of course, I start you know, right. Googling him and, and I'm seeing him drawing this stuff. And then I see the video and him learning how to do this stop motion. And I'm like, what the heck is stop motion? You know, like, so let's pull in some of that stuff. How did you sure. guys get into that um, in terms of pulling that into the album? And then we'll, we'll check out one of the songs. Okay. Let's, let's go back. And I'm going to not talk about Shanka now because he deserves it. Yeah, pull in a little of Shanka He's a now. very yeah. amazing guy. But it came as a necessity, Gary. Right. Here's sure, I saw that. I read that. We, right. we, we're working on Smoke Against the Beat. And we're like, so the previous album, it was always Francois and I. Then we hired some guys to come and on tour with us and play with us. And then we realized we wanted to, in fact, stay the two of us and do something just the two of us because that's what we wanted, play the two of us. 
So okay. the music was good, but we didn't have any, you know, image, visual, nothing. And every time we would ask, and I'm, and I'm laughing, uh, just thinking about it, we have lots of friends that are, uh, you know, they make, that are making videos or filmmakers, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, and we would ask them, can you help us do a video? And they were all willing to work for free, no problem. But wow. us, they all started they forgotten where they started. You know what I mean? They completely forgot about that, that at the beginning of this project is an independent project and we finance everything. So no, we're, gonna, we're not going to put 20K for a video. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I thought you said they wanted to do it for free or they didn't want to do it for free? They wanted to do it for free, but it cost money to hire their assistant because, oh, you know, right, they right, right. Okay. are sure. used production to work at certain, you know, and right, I like, okay. can't do that. You know, we have two grand. Right. Can you do something with two grand? And also at some point he came to me, like December, December 2013, came to me and he's like, called me and he's like, you know what? I have an idea. Uh, okay, what is it? Like, you know, when I was a kid, I used to draw all the time. I'm going to see if I can do something, you know. Let, let's see. Maybe I can do something and I can do the cover and we can spare some money, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, nice. a, that's a great idea, you know, the guy being nice. pretty talented when he does something, I was like, oh, um, let's see, you know, we may be up for something fun, so this was towards the end of 20, as I said, 13 December, and, and uh, Schenka lived with his parents and his wife for a retreat in the mountains in France, you know, Christmas time, you know, fireplace, home walks, you know, to enjoy mm-hmm. the family, and he, he had got, without telling me, a little app on his iPhone to make animation, you know, stop motion videos, you know. Okay. And he started drawing. And uh, he sends me, he's like, oh, what do you think of that? And he sends me a three-second animation or stop motion video of Smokey. Mm-hmm. That right. doctor <laughs> just sent a piece of paper with a Sharpie moving. Right, right. And, and, and I was like that. When I received it, I was baffled. I was like, dude, this is amazing. You know? <laughs> it's amazing. He's like, oh, you love it. And I'm like, dude, did, do you realize what it is? This is amazing. That's a Pandora's box, Francois. I mean, Shenka, mm-hmm. you know? I'm like, dude, this is a Pandora's box. It's going to be great. He's like, do you think I should do a, a video of one of the tracks we have? And I was like, dude, please do. And I didn't realize he had to do another probably 900 drawings. Right. To do oh, so. my because, gosh. You know, well, think you know about what? the amount of drawings you – go ahead. Right. Well, you know what it reminds me of? And I don't know if you'll relate to this. I don't know if you ever saw it. Did you ever see any of the claymation, like the old cartoons from, like, the 70s, like um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Yeah, absolutely. I exactly know right. what you're well, talking about. Well, that's what it absolutely. reminds Is that yeah. what it is? Like that? It, because it like, is what it is, yeah. It's, has it's to be uh, like, 12 yeah. drawings per second. Oh, oh my 12 gosh. drawings per second. Think about it. <laughs> how many drawings That's do you annoying. need? And the guy is right. a professional. And he has to learn how to move the yes, properly, you know. But five days later, like, I think the morning after Christmas or Christmas Day, you know, I receive an email like, Merry Christmas. And I open and it's the video. <laughs> the two that spend like five days between, you know, taking walks with the family and being mm-hmm. by the fireplace, drawing. And he came up with a video. 
with just the Sharpie, the white piece of paper, crayons, and that's right. it. And his right. iPhone, and he shot it with his iPhone. And this became the video of the great people. Right. That's the one I watched, seen. right. Wow. That's how it started. It started as a necessity. Right. So from there, as you said, you start creating these, these characters. And, and just to tell me a little bit about Smokey. So is Smokey like a mule? Like, what, it, what is Smokey? His head and, like, you know, I know you guys have him transported on top of you in some of the photos. So what's the symbolism of Smokey? You know, in fact, when I received the first uh, video from, from Shenka, you know, three-second clip, I was like, dude, that's, this is us. This is, I literally told him, I said, this is us, because I said, that's, that's us, Shenka, you know? And, and from there, we were like, this guy, he's cool. He looks cool. Almost kids would love him. But if yes, you look yeah, at him absolutely. twice, he's also really scary, spooky. You're like, hmm, mm-hmm. hmm. And that's like our music. It's, 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 we're trying to write pop songs almost, but then when it comes to putting it together with the sound, we become extremely aggressive, you know, greedy, um, mad. But at the end of the day, we always start with with a song, and Smokey is like that, you know. One of the producers we worked with in Sweden, he said, the dudes, Mm -hmm. you guys make um, sweet songs with unsweet sounds. And okay. sweet and sour, almost. And that's what Smokey used to us. So mm-hmm. Shenka naturally started developing friends for Smokey. And a universe, <laughs> you know, because that was cool. We loved it. And he had that right. much fun doing it as I had opening the video, the clips, and, you know, and creating our story because he's a genius and, and is- writes. But what was amazing and where Francois Shenka is extremely generous, everything is shared. We talk about it all the time. It's not because he does something that right. he doesn't listen to you. We constantly talk about things and what do you think and what do you think. So it's always uh, uh, it's an open dialogue. You know, we never stop. So that was very nice because I was extremely involved, even though he was doing all the work, right. you know, and amazing. Right. And he created this whole world. And that became the other side of the Dukes, you know. And then we started, right. I don't know if you want to talk about that right now, but then we started working also with other artists for a newsletter and amazing names in the comic book world because wow, it, you know, one of his friends from school had become one of the biggest comic book publisher in France and in Europe. And when That's he amazing. saw the, the, the videos and the clips and stuff and the drawing, he was like, dude, this is amazing. And we had an idea at some point. We were like, oh, maybe we could, you know, one day put everything together and release it as a book or, you know what I mean? And sure. from there, we, we started thinking, why don't we do a newsletter every month and we offer a comic strip of the Dukes by one of those comic book artists. And nice. um, uh, this was another journey because all those guys, they were like, and we reached out to big names, the, the biggest being Charlie Adler, who draws for The Walking Dead, he did Iron Man, wow. he's like the number mm-hmm. one. You know, he's, uh, he's literally like, as you can't get bigger than him right now, you know? Sure. And uh, we suggested the project to him, like, dude, you know, we love it. I reached out to him on LinkedIn to tell you. 
And I was like, dude, we love your work. This is our project. This is what we want to do. I mean, so, you know, at first he told us after, like at first he was like, oh, again, you know. But then when he listened to it, he was like, I love it. I do it. But better than that, I want to do a cover for you. So we were like, shoot, oh, man, wow, you know, okay. we, we have the cover is done, everything's done. And then we said, okay, let's release the vinyl. And Charlie was like, yeah, I don't want any money. I just want to do your cover. And Charlie Adler did the cover of the limited edition of Smoke Against the Beat. That's and then amazing. we started working with other comic book artists, Eric Lebert, Eric Angel. Uh, gosh, I forget. This was Francois Chapter. He was mostly in touch with them, so I forget a few names. But if you go on our website, you'll have sure. everything. And, uh, and, uh, and it's pretty cool. So, you know. And one thing led to another. And then after... On our, on our biggest dreams, you know, with the background we have, I'm dreaming one day of putting some kind of, some type of art modern type of expo about our art. You know what I mean? Like all the videos we have, all the card drawings. Sure. You know what I mean? What you can do right now in modern art type of galleries, you know, like total New York type of thing, you know. Oh, New it York, would fit. You know, yeah, it would New fit York. perfectly. We could do New York, That's Brussels, awesome. Paris. You know, right. a few capitals in the world. And that's one of my dreams, and I hope one day we'll be able to achieve it. Not because it's ego, but I think it's, can you believe being able to uh, get into that world from musicians? You know, it's, this is like the yeah. very big league to me, you know. So, yeah, so yeah that's one of the projects. And, and we started working with, with uh, those guys. And then after, everything is done by Schenka. He also done action figures. I mean, it's literally crazy. Well, I saw that. I mean, I think on your website. With. And I, I saw you guys have skateboards. And, right, there's a bunch of whole, like, again, products that you guys are going to translate it to. So I think that's just mind-blowing. And I love it. I mean, I'm definitely into – I did Thank a lot you. of drawing. And I always had a very whimsical kind of – yeah, I, I like more of the kind of cartoony. So I, that's why I definitely – took very quickly to Smokey when I saw him. I was like, wow, he's cool. And <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's great. So let's, let's do this. Cause I want to definitely fit in your single tonight. And then I want to definitely come back and talk a little bit about signing with concrete entertainment and how all that stuff came about. Sure. So yeah. Tell us a little bit about uh black hole love, which is doing great. Number 36, as I mentioned at the outro of the show, um, sorry, intro of the show of uh, hitting the Billboard rock charts. So tell us about this song a little bit in terms of, you know, conceptually, any meaning behind it, and, and how come you chose this one to be your first single? Well, we actually, to be honest with you, I would not, I would not have bet a Diamond Black Hole Love as a single because to me it wasn't a single. You know, to us it wasn't a single. We, we okay. didn't know, like, and management suggested to us, like, and actually, uh, you know, we have two managers. We have Bob right. Chaparty, uh, Godfather of Rock and Roll, and we right. have Eric Baker, who's like an up-and-coming, right. up amazing uh, manager who also works for Concrete. And, and, and Eric, he's a radio guy, and he was like, that's the song. And up to the last day, I questioned him. I was like, dude, are you sure? He's like, yeah, <laughs> that's the song. What are you thinking of? What else are you thinking of? And I go, like, wow. No, he's like, no, that's the song. And so when we entered the billboard, I was like, what? And then when <laughs> we reached like 36, I was like, oh, <laughs> is this kind of joke? You know what I mean? And um, 
and uh, and and so it's it's uh, it's it's I, I love that song. You know, it has a little bit of everything. It has a little bit of uh, you you can feel there a little bit of the bluesy side of the Dukes, mm-hmm. the, the type of when I say dancey, it's not really like dance music as we would expect it. You know, it's not right. EDM even though there's a bit of electro. But if you listen to the to the um, to the to the verses, for example, we're, we 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 brought a beat with a uh, for you know from the far with the kick and and make sure you know people could shake you know listening to that. So um, so yeah, it's it's actually a good reflect of what the Dukes are you know because there's some cool parts in it there's some fun parts it's, at some point it's not like uh, so aggressive and at, and and other moment of the song you know you get into it's almost like a nine inch nail or ministry moment you know and i'm right um, yeah thinking right now of the bridge on the song the bridge to me and this is one of my favorite moment of the album it's so like it's dirty and sleazy and and mean (laughs) that it's it's i love that moment i'm glad we haven't done that on the whole album but Mm -hmm. this one very special moment that must last maybe like what 25 seconds it's pure right. um, happiness you know and and yeah I'm, I'm extremely surprised uh that a song like that can get into the radios because the format is not the usual format it's not at all what you can listen you know when you look at the other bands you know it's like i feel like a ufo sometimes you know what i mean it's like right right wow I think, I think, and, um... and it's I listen a lot to Sirius XM. Actually, I haven't listened to terrestrial radio. Okay. Greg, I can't even. T- I said I listen a lot to Sirius XM radio, and I could hear that mm-hmm. song again. I don't listen to tons of stations. There's you know mostly rock stations. I listen to some pop, but I could hear that song probably being played on something like Faction because Faction plays like such a you know like a dynamic group of music. It's not just like all rock or all alternative. So I'm sure there's different – I know what you're saying. It's not like a niche thing where it's like, okay, it's definitely on this station or that station. But I think something like Faction it would, it would do well on. Well, do you have it played on, on Sirius XM at all right now? Well, that is not my uh, area of expertise. Okay. Eric actually is working on it right. uh, currently. Right. I know he is. Right. Because, uh, you know, it wasn't testing the water, but uh, we were – Nobody really was expecting such a, a good feedback, you know, like, wow, right. you know, that's great. So now we're going to reach out to the next level um, and, and open, yes, I believe, to the Athen, Sirius, and all those type of radios. I know Eric mm-hmm. uh, is expecting a shipment of 300 albums because he has to send them to the radio. So we might, we might end up being there in a few weeks. Maybe, maybe, nice. hopefully. That would be great. That, yeah, that would cross be, our fingers. That would be the, yeah, please. Uh, keep Definitely. Yeah. Keep good thoughts. Absolutely. All right. So let's do this, Greg. I'm going to put you on hold. We're going to check out the song, and then we'll we'll come back and talk more about the album and uh, finding what concrete Absolutely. and any any other things you want to share. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'm not in a rush. I'm, I love this interview. Okay. Please, if you're not in a hurry either, let's let's do it well and let's do it right. I love it. That's, That's a great right. interview. Thank you so much. Thanks. Okay. Hold on, Greg. All right, everyone, you are listening to Greg Jacks from The Dukes, and we're going to check out their hit single right now titled Black Hole Love, so be sure to pick up a copy of their album. It is out right now called Smoke Against the Beat. So here we go, Black Hole Love, and we'll be back. 
everyone. Welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. Again, the Dukes and their hit single, Black Hole Love. So check out the album. Download it now. Pick up a copy. Smoke Against the Beat is the title of it, and it's out now. Full length, amazing album, and uh, just check it out. Pick it up today. Let's bring uh, Jack. Jack. Well, that's his last name. Greg back on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Greg. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's a really cool song. Like you said, it's it's rock, it's gritty, but you can also, you know, you can also dance to it. It just, like you said, it really incorporates everything. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Really, really cool. So um, let's uh, just tell me a little bit about how did you come up with the album title? I, I read a little bit about it, and I really, the thing that I loved about it was that you talk about Smoke Against the Beat really being kind of going against the grain, kind of doing your own thing, being original, and that's something that really resonates with me. Um, just as a person and kind of how I run my life too. So tell us a little bit about how that, that came about that you wanted to, you came up with that title for the album. Well, all along the process of uh, book against the beat, the writing and the recording and everything, we would hear rock and roll is dead. 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 So mm-hmm. we're like, well, not for, not for us, you know? So, it was at the end of the day we were fighting mountains, you know, because right now the industry being in the stage that it is, it's extremely sure. hard to be a rock band or a new rock band and to have some kind of exposure, you know. So it's always, or it's, you know, it's been always roadblocks. And what we're seeing and what is interesting in that band is that we find ways to go over the roadblocks, you know, to always keep moving. Um, even though it's it's not always easy. So at the end of the day, that summarized really well what we're doing and what we're trying to do here. We're not going for the... Uh, we could, you know, we could write 20 songs in uh, neo-metal style, you know, like something that's on the radio. We could write right. that all day long. But where are you original? Where What are you going to leave doing that? You're just going to be one in a million, you know? And so right. we decided to, to take the, the hard road that may lead to something eventually greater because it, is, it ended up being original and, and we are actually going against the trend. I mean, people are saying right now that rock and roll is kind of coming back, but we're still, you know, it's, 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 yeah. not, uh, it's not extremely trendy right now, let's say it this way. So, so that's where we picked it up, and it's uh, an old expression. I think it was used in a movie. I can't remember which actor it was. I don't think it was Gregory Peck. I think it was Alfred Bogart, Bogart that say that once uh, in a movie, and and Schenker uh, picked up the line, and uh, and that's how we, we we got it. Nice, nice, and that's cool. And just I wanted to throw in real quick just to show you I didn't. Listen sure. to your album a lot. Um, some of my favorite songs, of course, I love the title track, Back Who Love, too. But a couple of other ones that I like are Just In Case. Um, that's a great song. Mm-hmm. I really like Alive and Gold Digger uh, okay. and, Ge- and Genius. So those are some nice. that you know Thank stood you. out to me that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, Thanks. That's pretty so, cool. You know, it's probably like, what, five or six songs out of 12? I'm glad. That's good. Oh, yeah. Oh, believe me, there's glad more, but like I, don't want to, I don't want to rattle off the whole album. <laughs> you know what I mean? So okay. yeah, those Thanks. were the ones oh, that wow. definitely, definitely caught my attention right away. But every, every song's great. But those, you know, those really resonated with me. Um, 
So, yeah, so another in- interesting thing. So tell us a little bit about how it came to be. And this was, an, and again, another interesting analogy that you guys have used where you've said that kind of, you know, the music industry is kind of like love at first sight. Like it, it either sticks right away or it doesn't. So tell us a little bit about that um, analogy and pull that into you guys somehow meeting up with Concrete. And, you know, how they were interested in working with you, even though you guys, you know, were do something a little different, not necessarily fitting in with everything going on today. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. The love at first sight, I think it's absolutely true, you know. Um, it's, it was, we met with the people from Concrete uh, in a very funny way. LinkedIn, you know, this app is magical to me. I reached out to Eric Baker on LinkedIn. Okay. And uh, I said, you know, um, I wrote him a nice email, you know, and I said, look, this is who we are. This is what we've done. Uh, We're professionals. And I ended up my email with, you might not like it, but you won't think we suck. This is literally what I wrote. (laughs) And he told me he loved it because, you know, every band always say, you know, we're the greatest band on the planet. We're the greatest band on the planet. Me, I was just telling him, dude, technically it's professional. So you might not like it, but it's not going to be a complete waste of time. And uh, I would say 72 hours later, we were on the phone together. And we had a very easy uh, communication, you know. It was very simple, very very nice, you know, he just loved it. He got it. He saw it and he got it. Mm-hmm. And then cool. all along he was like, you know, I'm a young up-and-coming um, manager and he already had done so much in the business. You know, he's a very experienced mm-hmm. guy, but as a manager, he doesn't have, for example, the weight of, of Bob Shepardi, you know. So he right. was like, I want to team up, love to team up with Bob on that one because Bob is literally the, the godfather of rock and roll, you know. He's, he right. built, like, careers for so many bands going from, he started with Pantera and, you know, Guns N' Roses and Metallica and Slayer yep. and Linkin Park. I mean, who, who didn't work with him? You know what I mean? Wow. And he's a very right. nice guy. And I was like, when he told us that, I was like, well, that's never going to happen. You know, because yeah. there's work to do with the Dukes. Right. No, but really, people don't want to no. work. They may love it, but they don't, it's not that they don't want to work, but it costs money, it costs time to develop something. Right. And today, they don't want to do that. Today, you have to do all the beta testing on your own. And if it works, they're going to come and look at your numbers. They won't look at your music. They look at the numbers. That's what they right. look at. And I actually, know. fake numbers. And it has just been proven recently that, you know, uh, they're buying videos all day long, those big majors. So long story short, I was like, that's going to be a tough one. But if Bob's join us, then it's going to be a total different story. Because mm-hmm. he knows how to start a band here in the U.S. Because Let's not forget, we had no background in the U.S. previous to that, right. you know. Right. And it's complicated. Even though I'm French, I live in America. Uh, my life is here. Schenka lives in, in, in Paris. Uh, we're half here, half there. But it's easy when you're on YouTube and members, but it's not so easy yet. Yeah, it's still um, not easy. In paper, right. it sounds easy, but technically it's not that easy. You know? But Bob loved it right away. He got it. He's a, he's a marketing guy, you know. So mm-hmm. right away he got the concept and he loved the music. So he decided to join the, the project and, and join Force and start working, work, start working uh, on it diligently and, and uh, help us develop and actually 
put the band on the map here in the U.S. because we were actually on no map. We didn't exist up until, think about it, Kerry. The yes. Dukes exist in the U.S. since what? Mm, two months? How long about? Really? That's it? We started two months ago working in the U.S. Oh, my Now gosh. being our battlefield. Yeah, that's it. We started working with Ed a couple months ago. We did the Warp Tour early. You know, that's really when right. we pick up here in the U.S. Right. And it's at the end of the day today, we've been working on it for the last year with Bob and Eric. The, really hard on it to find, you know, wow. the, the, the where we could spin which way we should use because nobody wanted uh, a lot of interest from a lot of labels, but nobody wanted to do the beta testing, you know, nobody. Right. And and so right. Bob suggested, okay, we're going to start it on our own. What's the big deal, you know? No problem. We know how to do that. And obviously, he knows how to do it because right now I'm speaking mm -hmm. with you. We are number 36 in the billboard. We've been playing, we played on the Warp Tour, and it's because Bob intervened and told to Kevin Lyman, you know, the owner of the Warp Tour. And the, the band starts to really exist. Now we need to secure a big support for this fall because that's what we're missing right now. We have a, we signed okay. with a big agency in the US, but, you know, it's hard to find a big support to do because we can't go and preach to every single person because right now if we go and play somewhere that's going to be like what Gary 20 people it's be, what's up 30 people and 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 you know and well, when I you're lucky you have 30 people yeah but if you get on like you're saying you need to get on a bill with you know what yeah. I mean and if you get on a bill with a with yeah, a big band you, because, you guys will be fine but right absolutely right and I'm not going to I'm not going to every single person right but you're saying to go on your own yeah. kind of and tour, you're right. And I'm not going to give yeah. names, but Absolutely. I know a bunch of bands that you think they're huge. And then you go out and you're just like looking at the show and you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, like you said, there's 20 or 30 people at the show, you know. Yes. So I agree with you and, and, that it has to be done and you strategically. Right. Abs right. Absolutely. So that's the missing piece of the puzzle. But it's been very I'm sure you're uh, gonna get there. interesting. I'm sorry? No, no, no. I said, I was just saying, I'm sure you're going to get there, but go ahead. You were saying it was very interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, I was talking about the, the way and the vision uh, uh, Bob and Eric brought uh, to the band, honestly. Because, you know, you can see in our music and what we're trying to do, we think outside the box, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's pretty obvious. But, but we don't know how it works in the U.S. It's a totally different market. You know, it's really right. not like in France. And there's ways to do things, and you have to go through um, the motion that, you know, and, and the things that have been working previously, and that we were not necessarily aware before starting, you know, developing the books here. So I'm glad we have them with us, you know. And, and after that, we, we uh, joined force also with Ed Bunker, who's literally a, a mass murderer when it comes to PR and helping us mm -hmm. with the press and the media and the radios also is, is very, very good. So we have also good results, you know. That's, that's a major plus to be working with concrete. Yeah, no, I think you've got, you got a great team. Like you said, you're getting both kind of 
pieces of the pie with Bob and Eric coming from the different, like you said, the radio, the marketing, you know what I mean? So I think that's, that's awesome that you have the right people in place to help you guys, you know, get to that next level, which it'll happen. But like you said, it might just be a little kind of trial and error, figuring out what works, like, you know, getting you guys acclimated more to like you said, the U S versus where you're used to. Um, But I think it'll happen. I think just keep pushing like you do, you know, <laughs> I hope so too, Terry. I really hope, you know. But uh, time will tell. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty uh, positive. You know, the people in the in the industry right now should you know look at what's going on and and or maybe they will be looking at some point. I didn't be like, okay, well they've got something going. People kind of like their music, the message, what's going on. So maybe we can you know go behind them. You know, now that they started digging the ground, and I understand, it's tough for everybody, even though, you know, on some level, you know, those big machines, are those big, you know, labels and, and stuff, mm-hmm. sometimes I can get a little irritated, but I also understand that it's a very difficult business right now, and I get it, I, I get the, the, I don't think it's that fair, but I get the, you do your beta testing on your own, technically, and if it works, we'll come and help you bring it to the next level, that's how it works today. Which is sad right. because at the end of the day, it's, it, it ends up being a monetary issue because how much money do you have to keep going? You know, that's right. what will right. um, help you being resilient and still be there, you know? So just, just to educate me and people listening, um, with Eric sure. and Bob, do you guys mm-hmm. need a label on top of that or no? Concrete basically is the label. Yeah, but we're, we're working as a as a label management we're okay. all working together on that you know what i mean yes they're they're right. behind so they're the, kind of, you're the, not the, they're not looking to pitch you to someone else they're kind of the ones backing you as though they're your management well, slash label on that or album, no Carrie, yep. yes on that album now the album is out it's a concrete you know so it's stay within the family but for the future that's what we're looking for because we want to go back gotcha. in the studio uh, we started working with a uh, a very cool producer here who also loves yeah, music. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, Kato Kato, right? He's right now yeah. the hottest producer in America, and he decided that we were his pet project, that he loved the Dukes, and, and that cool. he actually wants to be a part of the Dukes house, so how amazing it is, you know? So we want to, we already started working on some new material, because, you know, when we don't tour, we need to do something, so we sure. started working on some materials with Kato, and I can't wait for you to listen. It's it's even more sleazy. Shenka is singing <laughs> even more. Like, it's getting very nice. nice. It's getting very sexy and very unique. Like, if you thought the Dukes were unique listening to that, wait to listen to the new stuff because this is a totally cool. different level. We have, like, it's another galaxy. Kato brought us to a totally different level. So, yeah. I want, That's great. We all want to get secure deal to work because Kato, you know, it, it's not about money for him because it, we're working together. He's co-writing the song with us. We're, we're in, we will work. Well, you know, he loves the project enough to make just financial situation. But at some point, even if it's just the uh, concrete and Kato, we need some money because we need a studio for a while, you know, to be able to work and focus, right. you know, right. and, and at some point the band needs an advance to be able to leave and not have to pay for everything 
And that's why on the next album, it would be cool to secure a label. And that's what we're trying to build right now, what? you know, team up with another label. They know they have all the expertise in marketing of concrete. And, um, you know, most of the labels right now, they outsource uh, marketing, you know. Their right. marketing department right. are often out- outsourced. So, look, you have a marketing department that has a track record of nothing but successes, you know. So you may want to work with them and team up with us. Because we know what sure. we're doing right Absolutely. now. Look, we have some proof. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build a story. And I understand we didn't have any story. It's risky because it's new, Carrie. Because as I said earlier, mm-hmm. we don't write the type of songs that a lot of bands are writing right now. Right. We're kind of on our own, you know. And I'm not saying that you guys, you know, after, at, the, at first I thought it was something that journalists would just tell me to please me. But I, I often ask them after, and I'm like, are you just saying that because I'm with you right now? But you can be honest and tell me the truth. And I'm like, no, dude, really? It's like very original what you guys came up with, you know? And I'm like, wow, you know, because to me, I'm not, we're not trying anything. We're just trying to play cool music and write cool music and not reproduce what the others are doing. That's what we're trying to right. do. But we have no pretension of reinventing anything. And Cato quoted us, he coined us, sorry, he didn't quote it, he coined us. And as future rock, he said, you guys are future rock. And, that's right. And yeah, I saw okay. that word. Yeah, that's and cool. that's true. I, I think, we were in I the think, studio together. Yeah, I think people, so. and I think the, the sad thing is, right, like you said, unfortunately, there's a lot of bands that, you know, hey, they sound great, but they do sound alike. And I think the nice thing is that you guys do have your own thing going on. And if people can be open-minded and just let themselves, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, be flexible. I think, yeah, it's a great ah. sound, and I think people can Absolutely. really get into it. Well, Gary, thank you, Ken, but <laughs> well. I agree with you now that I told to you, told to so many people, so the feedback from the people during the Warped Tour, during our one-off gig, you know, people are go, they go crazy. Honestly, they go crazy, and I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, I'm just like thinking That's myself. Awesome. I'm like, Really? And that's great. I'm delighted, you know. I'm, I'm like you. I'm extremely hopeful. Um, and, and again, we just need it to, we just need, because it's not over, it might take another uh, little while, but I think yeah. we'll, we'll take care a deal and some people uh, will want to come and work with us because it's different, it's original, and it, we're going to have at least a, a few proofs to show that, hey, it can work. There's no problem. And taking, you know, you mentioned just in case, earlier, just in case yep. to me was the ultimate single. If to me, you're asking me, I would say I would have put a million dollars, I mean not a million dollars, uh, let's say I would have put eight dollars <laughs> on just in case as Wait. a single, you know, because to me it was... Oh, okay, oh. you would, okay, and cool. All right, nice. You know what Very I mean? I, I would have put yeah. like just in case as my no. And we went for something completely different because just in case, even though it may be a little different, it's, it's still a very popular song, you know. It's, yeah, it is. I like that. Not... You know, that's the second one that I actually, you know, when I was listening to it, like ranking them, it was, yeah, I loved Black Hole, Love. That one was actually second, just in case. And then, right, and then Gold Digger kind of came third and then Alive. Oh. And, yeah, so I'm pretty good at that. Maybe I you should know? look up with Eric. I'm pretty good at picking us well, singles you should, out. You him, yeah, and try to convince him to put it out. Like, but <laughs> I know where it's coming from with that, and that's where strategy comes into place. Right. We're a rock band. 
almost right. uh, when I say hard rock, you know, it's not poison, but you know what I mean. It's it's rock, yeah. very rock, what we're doing. And they didn't want to, they didn't want to set us up as really alternative because if you listen to it, uh, just in case, may have more of an alternative side, you know. Yeah, it does. And a we're bit. more like, yeah. you know, so they didn't want to. Uh, start off on yeah, like uh, kind of pigeonholing you right the away. the main side of the right. dudes, you know. But maybe, maybe right. this song will see the the daylight. Maybe eventually one day we'll release it. I don't know. Who knows? You know. Nice. Oh well, let's let's uh, do this. What else do you guys? I guess you're working on, like you said, hopefully getting on some type of a fall tour. That's what's going to be coming up, hopefully in the next couple of months or so. Oh, hopefully, yeah. For we're aiming for October, November. You know. The, mm-hmm. the Christmas break, so we've been submitted to a, a few big tours, but you know it's it's tough. You okay. know we we'll see, but I I keep my fingers crossed, and eventually something will 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 fall. You know we we're gonna get something. You know hopefully definitely definitely. Well, I'm looking forward. I mean, I'm you know wishing you much success with the album right now, but I'm looking forward to also hearing what you're doing with Cato at some point. So you're always welcome, Greg, to come uh, back on when that stuff comes oh, out thanks. to uh, promote it. Thanks, Gary. That's very nice. Where yeah. are you located, actually? Where, where are you? I'm on the East Coast. Okay. Where yeah. on the yeah, East I'll, Coast? I'll, Just... I'll send you, a, not to go over, you know, do it on the air, but I'll send you a private message. I'll let I you know understand. where I'm exactly located. Yeah, but, um, I'm, yeah just, I'm on the East Coast. I just want to know where we, if we secure a tour where you are to let you know that oh, you yeah. know, we're close to you. But I understand. Let's let's keep that on the air. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll send you. Yeah, I'll send you my contact <laughs> information. We'll talk off the air. Yeah, absolutely. Sure, of course. But um, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Greg, great interview. I hope that you'll please promote the podcast. I'll send you the link on all of your pages. Let's let's get this out there. You guys, you talked about some amazing stuff again that I have not read anywhere else on you guys. So I definitely want your fans to hear about, hear about all the history um, that you brought forth tonight. So I'll definitely send you that link and I hope you can uh, get it out there so we can get this interview heard by a lot of people. Sure. Hopefully uh, no problem. I'd be happy to, uh, to share it. Yes. Absolutely. So yeah, just um, why don't you share some social media links where people can find you. Okay. And then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Sure. No problem. So, uh, you guys can find us on uh, our website, thedukesmusic.com. You guys can find us on Twitter at WeAreTheDukes. Um, you guys can find us on Facebook, which is uh, Facebook uh, slash TheDukes54. Nice. Um, I think that's, uh, that's about it for the social media. I would like to add just one thing. We have a pledge campaign starting uh, on Wednesday, and we're going to have some of this art for sale. Not everything, but it breaks my heart to have to do it. But it, um, we wanted to share it with the fans, so at some point okay. we have to do what we got to do. And lots of drawings, a lot of orig- original pieces from the videos will be uh, for sale along the album and our page campaign and limited edition skateboards and, and, and a lot of very, very cool, very cool item that if I was a fan of a band and I was able to acquire some of those things, I would kill for it because it's pretty cool. We, we're really going deep into um, rewarding our fans, you know, because we didn't want to just throw a T-shirt, you know, something not really meaningful and right. offering those type of items. It's really unique. You guys can share 
sequences of a video, for example, you know, you get 10 drawings or 12 drawings, you know, a whole video That's in cool. a frame is beautiful, you know. You can, so it's pretty cool. So the Plage campaign starts uh, within 48 hours, and uh, it's same thing, Plage campaign and you Google the Dukes. I think we'll, be, we'll have a good visibility in the first week, so it wouldn't be too hard to find us. But, yeah, I really wanted to add that. Cool. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Again, another another unique things that you you guys do in terms of you know taking a little bit of a different route. So I think that's a great idea to offer the types of products that you're going to offer everyone. But um, yeah, let's definitely keep in touch, Greg. It was a again a pleasure and yes. honor to have you on and to promote the band. Oh wow. And um, yeah, wish you guys so much success with the album and and what's to come. God, thank you so much, Carrie. That's very kind of you. And hopefully, we'll be. Um, talking to each other pretty soon. Hopefully that would be a good sign, you know, if we have to bring an update yeah, definitely. to you I'll and send, talk about I'll send you my information. I'll send it to you. Sure, of course. Okay. That was a pleasure. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you. Absolutely, Greg. Thank you, too. And have an awesome night, and uh, we will definitely be in touch, okay? Absolutely. Thanks, Gary. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome, Greg. Bye-bye. Have a great night. Bye. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. Greg, again, Jax from the Dukes. Awesome interview. If for some reason you tuned in late, please check out the podcast. It will be available shortly after we end the show. And again, pick up a copy of their album. It is titled Smoke Against the Beat. It is out right now. As we played tonight, one of their hit singles is Black Hole Love. That is currently uh, number 36 in the Billboard Rock Chart. So again, check these guys out. Hopefully they're going to have a great upcoming tour in the fall and just a couple updates um just uh if you have some social media i'm always posting about upcoming interviews and more so please follow me on instagram at carrie edelman i actually bit the bullet and literally joined instagram probably a week ago so i'm trying to start to build up uh my following there get the interviews out there um i know that that's kind of the place to be right now so i would really appreciate it and of course i will always reciprocate and follow people back who follow me also on Twitter at Carrie Edelman and you can befriend me on Facebook and uh, follow the Carrie Edelman show and become a fan of that too. So yeah, so uh, keep looking at my pages. I will be having some more interviews coming up in the next couple of weeks. I'm just working on solidifying a couple of those right now. And again, when you can check out the podcast, 225 interviews I've done uh, with everyone from national comedians bands, musicians, uh, some artists, some entrepreneurs. So check it out. Everyone's different and unique, and I'll really take you on an interesting journey with each of the people I have on my show. So again, thank you so much for the support. Thank you for tuning in tonight for the Dukes. And once again, pick up their album, Smoke Against the Beat, which is out right now. Have a great night. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.